I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. I recently spoke with Gavin McLean, head of payments CIB Lloyd's Banking Group. Our discussion, the evolution of digital corporate banking. The trends that are influencing that have probably been quite a long time in the making. And when I say that, I mean the move away from physical payment instruments like cash and checks into electronic payment means uh, such as backs and chaps and faster payments and and cross-border payments. Uh, I mean, the move away from online banking, reporting and payment initiation to more of the developments that we're seeing around cloud-hosted platforms, payment journeys that are embedded into other journeys powered by uh, technology like APIs. And I don't think any of these trends are are absolutely brand new. I think they've been a relatively long time in the making. Um, Events that have disrupted or accelerated them most in the last two or three years, I think the obvious one that stands out is the pandemic and then the, the necessary movement restrictions that governments around the world had to put on their citizens. So here in the UK, and I should say, you know, Lloyd sees a large proportion of payments that move around the UK economy because we've got a big retail customer base with current accounts and we've got a lot of business customers who are, you know, making and receiving payments. But the trends that we detected within our payments business was a much larger use of remote and digital and contactless technology. You might have thought that QR codes were invented during the pandemic. But actually, again, a bit like APIs, that's a technology that's been around for a long time. It just really found a strong use case when we had to order at table, pay at table, click and collect, you know, order in advance when we were when we were going through that really strange period. So I, I think what's the evolution of digital corporate banking services, I don't think the drivers and the long-term trends have changed, but I think a number of the technologies that have been supporting those trends over the long course have really found their niche and come to prominence just in the last two or three years. Well, let's talk a little bit about what this has done to the bank itself. How's it changed the bank internally, how's it changed your systems? How's it changed what people need to be able to do and the skill sets they need to have? So the early things that we saw when we went into the lockdowns in the UK was a number of very rapid changes to workforce management and process management. You know, adversity being the mother of all creation was the phrase we were using a lot at that time. And many people in in roles like mine, where I'm looking to innovate and develop new processes and new systems and drive efficiency and competitive advantage for our customers, people in roles like mine, you know, really didn't want to miss the opportunity to take some of the the improvements and the benefits that we could see through that. So the big things that, that affected us, one was you know, having a workforce that was largely working from home. Lots of our colleagues worked from home on a on a flexible basis, but having to do it five days a week, having to pass work between teams and approvals between teams remotely, when that was historically done, you know, passing a message across the desk, that was a very big change. 
other things that needed to change pretty rapidly was the the amount of self-service that our customers could do. Over time, we had built up a really strong customer service ethos within the bank where we were often inclined to help our customers to do things. But actually, the pandemic required of us all that where there were tasks that that clients could fulfil for themselves, we actually gave them the capability to do that. So we saw changes, for example, to our payment limits. So customers could make larger value payments on their online and digital banking services without having to get the involvement of somebody at the bank. Another technology that we had deployed a couple of years earlier, just building on the theme of you know these trends being a long time in the making, was the ability to scan a cheque on your iPhone, on your app, to bank it rather than take it down to the bank branch and you know pay it in on the on the good old bank gyro system. And again, we were able to enable that technology and the limits, the value limits that applied to that product to a much broader population of clients, allowing them to self-serve and, and therefore not having to contact the bank. So as I say, the big changes were mainly in the kind of in the way that we supported the workforce to work remotely and the way that we enabled many of our customers to do those routine daily tasks in a self-service mode rather than an assisted service mode, which we've grown up with for a long time. These changes, you say, have been a long time coming, but there are more changes coming down the turnpike. Uh, Things like embedded corporate banking, for example. Is that a challenge for the bank? Is, Is there a concern perhaps about disintermediation, about the bank brand disappearing? I don't think there is. So, you know, there are a number of things that are having a more prominent influence on the direction of digital and and, and payment services in banking at the moment. From my perspective, they are changes in consumer expectations, right? Consumers in particular expect to be able to self-serve at a time and place that is convenient for them, and typically they expect to be able to do that on a on a digital device, right? A smartphone or a or a tablet or something like that. So that's one of the big drivers. The next one is the enhancements and the developments in the available technology. So to quote a couple that are having the most transformational effect in the business that I work in, uh, cloud computing and API technology, application program interfaces. They're simply allowing and enabling embedded financial journeys that just wouldn't have been possible 10 years ago. You know, you get almost unlimited horsepower in the cloud on demand and you get the accessibility via API services to to move data and and process instructions. And then the third and fourth are, are interconnected and that is progressive regulation leading to more competition. Now, that is things like the the development of the faster payments infrastructure in the UK, the development of the guaranteed seven-day account switching, and then more recently, things like check scanning and open banking that we've seen in the last two or three years. Now, the reality is, whatever I think about the, the relative threat or opportunity of that, consumer expectations are not going to stop rising. Um, my kids have even more demands on their service providers than I do. And I think that's, you know, that generational thing is going to keep raising the bar 
for providers of services, whether it's financial services or or other things. And I think when it comes to the technology, technology is playing such a more prominent role in all of our lives at the moment that we've just got to get used to it. And and if you if you want to thrive in an increasingly digital world, you have to be prepared to to operate these these digital services. So I, I think for many of the market participants that are that are here today, it's a case of get used to it and and make it work for you or else. A lot of the what you've been saying, you've talked about the customer. And to some extent, it sounded like you were talking about just the retail customer, but everything you've said about a retail customer holds to, true for a corporate customer as well. 100%. So on the other end of lots of those digital transactions that I'm talking about is a corporate customer, is a merchant, right? So whether that's a coffee shop or a retail house, that drive towards a more digital existence and digital reality is happening. Whether you are a credit card company or a, a wealth management platform provider or an e-commerce platform provider, that move to digital is happening to everybody. So in my role at Lloyd's, my role is to make sure that we are providing the products to to the corporate, to the merchant that allows them to operate in that ecosystem and not be locked out of it while their customers become more digital and they're left you know, stuck in the past. Well, if I was mischievous, which I am, so I'm going to say it anyway, you mentioned credit cards. Credit cards may have a shelf life now. That depends. I think potentially the physical plastic bit of card, there's a good case to be made that as we become more digital, then actually the need for that physical bit of plastic becomes less. And indeed, you know, being able to carry a tokenized debit card or credit card on your phone or on a wearable device or even in a microchip embedded under your skin if you so wish that's around today okay so I think the bit of plastic might not have as prominent a role to play in our wallets and in our pockets in the future but I actually think the 16 digit card number with the near ubiquitous reach of the Visa, the MasterCard, the American Express networks, I still think that represents a very, very convenient way for lots of people to pay for things and for merchants to accept payment for things. So I think it will be a change in the, in, in the physical form of credit cards and debit cards rather than they won't exist at all. Okay, what's the next step for Lloyd's itself? What what are you looking at that you can tell me about that you're going to be working towards in the next 12 to 18 months? So at Lloyd's, we've recently launched a, a new cash management and payments platform called Lloyd's Bank Gem for our larger and more sophisticated corporate clients and financial institution clients. And what we're going to be looking at on that platform is increased levels of automation, self-service, tailored customer journeys that suit that end corporate customer, and then providing those organizations with access to data and analytics that will drive new levels of insight as to what's going on in their 
in the cash management of their businesses and allowing them more informed financial decisions uh, about their business. Outside that new cash management and payments platform, we are continuing to innovate and evolve some of our open banking products and services. So we've enabled a couple of products to allow Lloyd's corporate customers or merchants to accept open banking payments in addition to, you know, debit card, credit card type transfers. So we're going to be working on a few innovations and product enhancements in the open banking area as we're really starting to see that method of payment acceptance becoming much more mainstream. You know, a lot of the challenger banks now accept and may insist on using an open banking transfer to to move funds into your bank account with, with that challenger bank. A number of the credit card brands are accepting open banking transfers to pay your credit card balance or, or, or some of your credit card balance. And many of the wealth management and pension platforms are, are also accepting uh, open banking payments as well. So we see further iteration and development of the of the services that run on the open banking rails. And the key thing for us about you know a number of those developments is some of them are in-house builds, right? Employees of our organization will will design and develop and build those propositions. And um, but actually a number of them, uh, particularly in the open banking space, uh, we're doing by partnering with other organizations who are who are active in that space as well. So, you know, they might be big tech, fintech, or or, or other acronyms, but, uh, you know, working with best-in-class providers we see as a, as a, as a really good way to, to leverage our brand, but also give us speed to market to, to launch those things. Well, the one thing we've certainly seen in the last few years, and I cannot think in the last few decades that I've actually been covering the financial services industry there has been a burst of technological creativity that yes. has enhanced services for individual customers, that it is enhancing services for corporate customers because the corporate solutions, for whatever reason, lagged behind the implementation of the retail solutions. But that creativity, from what you're saying, that isn't over yet. No, definitely not. And I sometimes find myself sounding like I am quoting regulatory policy objectives when I describe what I've seen in my organisation, but what I see in the in other pockets of the industry as well. And that is that some of the progressive regulation that has enabled the development of these new services and has encouraged investment in the sector, that has led to increased levels of competition in turn, that has led to innovation and in the development of new propositions. And that has kept incumbents on their toes and having to try and uh, innovate at the same pace as, as the new entrants, as well as the, the benefit that we get from, from new ideas and new people and new skills coming into the industry. So I think that's all been good so far. As I sit here today and I say this regularly to, to, to the teams at Lloyd's. As I look to the future, I feel like I say it every year, but the, what's in front of us in the next few years is 
more exciting and more transformational than what we've just been through. And if you think that we've just been through lots of pandemic-inspired innovation, lots of open banking-inspired innovation, and lots of development of long-term products, then actually the idea that the next few years is more intensive than what we've just been through is actually really exciting. And I think, you know, for the end users of payment services, whether they be consumers, whether they be central, local government, corporate organisations, I think there's even more good stuff coming. Thank you very much, Gavin McLean, Head of Payments, CIB, Lloyds Banking Group.